Welcome to another edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. This is a public affairs broadcast airing on CMAC, Comcast 93, and AT&T 99 in the Fresno and Clovis area. We're also airing on Talk Radio 1550 KXEX in the Central Valley. And we're also on Spotify's Anchor FM podcasts, as well as several other podcast venues. Our guest this week is going to be telling us about a very cool program, and I'll let him explain, but it has to do with flying. And in Fresno, we have a couple of airports that if you live around, you see flights going in and out of. His name is Mr. Joseph Oldham. Uh, He is with the New Vision Aviation. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Sabag. Thank you. So first, I want to tell you that I've always been a fan of the little airplanes, especially the little Cessna type airplanes. And I saw pictures of one the other day that could hold 10 people. And I thought, how cool uh, is it? So tell us a little bit about these planes. They come in different sizes, correct? Oh, yeah, there's all different sizes of aircraft. Um, The small aircraft that uh, you're referring to when you talk about a Cessna are are talked about in terms of general aviation aircraft. So they are used mostly for flight training. Uh, They can be used for personal use. Um, Sometimes they're used for charter, but that's kind of rare. Um, And then the larger aircraft, of course, like the Boeing 737s or the Airbus 320s, those are, of course, the mainstay of commercial aviation. So those are kind of the two areas that um, encompass the aviation world. And uh, then there's a whole lot of nuances within each one of those uh, areas. So before we get into aircraft and programs, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You became a pilot. What got you to go that route? When did you get it? And are you glad that you got your pilot license? Oh, yeah. So um, I think I was God. I think God created me to be a pilot. I was kind of (laughs) wired that way ever since I was a little child. And it was interesting. And I've heard this story from another number of people. You come up in a family like I did where I had a number of brothers and sisters and parents and grandparents and none of them were pilots at all, but I became one. And um, so ever since I, like I said, ever since I was small, I'd wanted to fly. And when I got to turn 16, I um, kind of snuck off from home and I had a driver's license and I came over here to Chandler airport. And back in the day, we used to be able to bring $5 in and give put it down at your local Cessna or Piper dealer and they'd give you a demonstration flight for 30 minutes. And so I did that and uh, went home, uh, all excited, wanted to get my pilot certificate. That was my, I was just thrilled by the whole experience. I got to actually fly the airplane a little bit, told my parents what I'd done. And oh, by the way, I want you to pay for my flying lessons. And, you know, that went over about like a lead airplane, you know, it just, it didn't get off the ground at all. So um, I just kind of, waited for a while and, you know, got older. And when I was in college, I had a job and I decided, you know what, I'm going to get my pilot certificate. And I went ahead and did that. And it's been the best skill that I think I've ever learned in my life. And there's a lot of collateral benefits 
that come along with uh, pilot training. Here's what I love is that I've known others that have gotten their pilot license as well or certificate, and it's totally attainable within months, right? I mean, this is not something where right. you have to go to school for a few years. Talk about if I wanted to be a pilot, and I, which by the way, I should go and get, but if I wanted <laughs> to be a pilot, how long would it take me? I want people to understand that this is totally doable. Oh, yeah, it is totally doable. Um, if you have the resources, um, meaning the money <laughs> uh, and the time, then uh, you can literally uh, get your pilot's license or your pilot certificate uh, in a few months. It's, it's just that the ability to um, fly frequently and then you uh, study for the FAA written exam uh, that, you, that you have to take. And then your flight training actually prepares you for what's referred to as the practical exam with a designated pilot examiner. Um, and it's not terribly unlike what, um, what you have to do to go through and get your class A truck driving uh, license. Uh, the number of hours is about the same. It's 40 hours minimum. Um, most pilots uh, take longer than that. Most folks take about 50 to 70 hours is the common numbers today. It took me about 55 hours to get my certificate, but then I transitioned from one airplane to another kind of mid midstream. If I'd have stayed with the same aircraft all the way through, I probably would have got done, you know, about maybe 50 hours or 40, 40 in the forties. So it's just about how frequently you can fly and because you have to build memory and, you know, get used to the procedures and everything. Well, and you know, when I was in college, I was thinking about doing it. Um, mm -hmm. And someone said, well, you don't have to have your own airplane. You can get your license and you, and there are people you can go and rent airplanes for from, and you can use their airplane. I mean, is that still going on? Oh yeah. I mean, that's what we, that's what we established with new vision aviation. It's we operate as a flying club. So we have um, people join the club and then once they join the club um, that gives them the privilege to use the aircraft that we uh, have available for um, you know, use. And that allows them to not have to go and out, out and buy your own airplane. Although actually buying your own airplane and getting trained in your own airplane isn't a bad way to go because you know, the price of aircraft today uh, for and many in the used market, they're actually in some cases more affordable than cars. So uh, it's just the uh, a matter of, you know, do you have the finances to buy the airplane or is it better for you to um, join a flying club or just go to a, a flying service where they just rent aircraft and, and do that way? So I live not too far from Chandler. I drive by mm -hmm. it all the time in West Fresno. Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed that there's a lot of people who have small planes. I see them going up all the time. So for our area, the Valley, would you say mm -hmm. we have many pilots that, ha that operate their little uh, small planes? We do. We have a, we have a pretty substantial uh, pilot population. Um, we have a lot of uh, general use uh, or, or general aviation type airports. Uh, of course, we have 
you know, our big airport, Fresno Yosemite International or Fresno Air Terminal as the FAA refers to it. And uh, that's where most all of the commercial flight operations are, operate from, as well as the military has a presence there and, and air freight. But uh, Fresno Chandler Airport was actually Fresno's first airport uh, and dedicated back in 1929. And commercial air travel didn't move from Chandler into, uh, to, um, out to uh, FAT until about 1948, after the Army Air Corps uh, decommissioned what, what they built, which was Hammer Field. And it was a training base during World War II. And so that was, that's the origins of Fresno Air Terminal. And um, the reason for the move was because aircraft were becoming larger. After World War II, air travel was becoming much more common for the common uh, people. And uh, because the larger aircraft needed longer runways, um, uh, the old Hammer Field had runways that were designed for World War II bombers and um, Chandler was not. And so that made, that made sense to make that move. But Chandler remains as a reliever airport for uh, the general aviation uh, market. And there's a charter operation that operates out of Chandler as well. So the program that you have, which I read about in the Fresno Bee, was mm -hmm. pretty cool. So talk about what you're trying to do. Yeah, so what we're, what we're really trying to do is open the door for... Uh, a lot of young people in our neighborhoods and our communities, um, communities of color or low-income neighborhoods that where these young people have the potential to become, you know, aviation professionals, but because of financial constraints and lack of resources, or maybe even exposure to the fact that they could be uh, entering this industry, uh, they don't pursue it. And so what we're trying to do here is open those doors. Um, aviation or entry into the aviation uh, industry is fairly expensive because there's a lot of training, there's a lot of certification that's required. And of course, we would all want that, that training to happen because we don't want you know, someone untrained <laughs> flying a Boeing 737. Mm -hmm. And so, but it does require a lot of time, effort, and money uh, to get to those certification levels. And so what that does is it precludes a lot of families that live on, you know, um, incomes that are near or even some cases below the poverty line uh, from op offering that opportunity to their young, to their students. And so I think, so that's what our mission is, is to open those doors, to find low cost alternatives and to partner with um, entities like Fresno Unified School District, Reedley College, uh, the Central Valley Community Foundation, and others to uh, open those doors for our young people. So walk me through the program. I have a, a son, let's say, I have three kids, mm -hmm. but, but, and they're mm -hmm. not, they're nowhere near age 16. They're still young, little kids. But mm -hmm. if one of them says, dad, I wanna learn more about flying and I bring them to you, what happens? Mm -hmm. Well, we have a few, we have a few students now that are about 11 or 12 years old. Um, they're a little bit young to actually start actual flight training. So what we're doing with them is we have a flight simulator here, which uh, we acquired and it does a really great job of giving them experience 
with how the flight controls in an aircraft actually operate. So it's got a control yoke, it's got a throttle, it's got rudder pedals, it's got a big monitor that where you basically can simulate flying from Fresno Chandler Airport and flying around the San Joaquin Valley. And, you know, you can see all of the kind of the, the landmarks and all of that sort of thing. And it helps them to get an understanding of what they should see when they actually get in a real airplane and then how the controls function, what happens when you apply power, what happens when you pull the power back, what happens when you move the control yoke to make a left turn, right turn, how do you coordinate the rudder with the, with the uh, uh, operation of the control yoke, that sort of thing. And so then we do, we put them on the simulator and then we can also uh, work with them on learning how to operate drones, which now is a technology that's out there. And, and you know, basically there's not an age restriction for when you, how you fly a drone. Now getting a certification, commercial certification to be a drone pilot does require that you be a minimum 16, but you can still learn how to fly a drone recreationally and not, you know, and then move your way up. And then uh, radio controlled model aircraft. Uh, we're actually partnering with the Clovis RC modelers and um, they are willing and uh, more than able to help, uh, help instruct our students in how to fly radio controlled model aircraft. And we have three of those here at the hangar. Um, and they have a flying field out by Reedley that we can take the students to as well uh, or use Kearney Park and areas around here where it's more convenient. And then, you know, just basically setting these kids up with a, um, you know, training for in weather and navigation and start getting them familiar with all of the subjects that you have to learn in order to get your pilot certification. And then if they're older, uh, you know, if they're 14, 15, 16 years old, then we can actually start flight training with them uh, towards say a glider certification or a sport pilot certification. Um, private pilot is possible if they're a little bit older, if they're 15 or 16. Um, so there's some minimum ages that the FAA has in the regulations for soloing an aircraft. And we don't wanna start the students in their training too early because you can get to solo fairly quickly uh, if you um, use the flight simulator to get familiar with the aircraft's operation. So I want to talk about danger. Um, mm -hmm. When I was growing up and I wanted to fly in one of the planes, I, mm -hmm. some people said, oh, it's dangerous. You hear about them crashing. Now, I always say that I see more car crashes than airplane crashes, but uh, you know, safety is something that you have to take into consideration. So talk about safety in these planes. Sure. Well, safety is, is the number one thing that you want to take into consideration. One of the reasons why, uh, one of the first things that we teach the students here when they come in the door is we're, we're teaching them how to make good decisions. And a lot of that is, it requires mentoring, but it also requires conversation with them about thinking before you act, Right making a decision uh, and making that decision on facts and the relevant information that you have available to you and getting all the relevant information that you have to you, not just operating off your emotions. You know, you go and say, well, I just want to go fly today. Well, if it's, if the weather isn't right, you need to keep your behind on the ground. And that's what we, we teach. And that's what we are taught as pilots. We learn how to make good decisions. The next thing that, uh, you know, we look at as the safety around aircraft. So we teach the students, you don't touch the prop on any of airplane. 
when you walk up to it, you stay out of the prop arc, you stay away from the aircraft's uh, danger zones, and you basically uh, respect the fact that that prop could be spinning and it could kill you. Um, and then the third thing that we operate on is, you know, make sure the aircraft's uh, maintenance is all up to date. Review all of the logbooks, make sure all of the information is properly noted in the logbooks, make sure that uh, the aircraft has been inspected and that I ever go through a thorough pre-flight inspection of the aircraft. And then really the final thing is that these aircraft that we're operating, particularly the new one that we just acquired, has a ballistic recovery parachute on, on the aircraft. So if you got into a really bad scenario and you needed to, you could uh, pull that uh, pin and uh, deploy the ballistic recovery parachute and the whole airplane would just float down, uh, which you, know, we wouldn't, you wouldn't do unless it was an extreme emergency, but it, that is a backup and that is an option. And so these are, the, the aircraft is, a, is state of the art which is really good. And visually, when you're looking for mechanical issues, visually you're trained on things to look at or look for, correct? Correct. I mean, that's what you, that's what you learn as you get your training to go through the pre-flight inspection on an airplane. You don't just kind of check the oil and say, oh, well, everything's good and have a nice day. You go through, you go around the aircraft, you check all of the control surfaces, you make sure all of the hinges and the pins and the bolts and the nuts and everything is in where it should be. And you're trained to look for things that look uh, that aren't right. And you look for excessive oil uh, leakage or brake fluid leakage or any of those kinds of things. You know, and, and these are things that we don't do with automobiles, right? You go out and get in your car and you just get in it. You never check anything. And unless the sensor that tells you that you've got a low tire <laughs> is on, you just drive the thing. And so what, we're, what, what you do in aviation is you learn to take better care of your machine. And then if you take better care of the machine, the machine takes care of you. So I tell people in, that basically aviation is not inherently dangerous. The airplanes are designed to fly. And if you're properly trained, you can fly one very safely. In fact, in many ways, they're safer to fly than driving a car. And your point is well taken. There's far more car accidents than there are aircraft accidents. And the reason why aircraft accidents make the news is because they're so infrequent. They just don't happen very often. Right, right. So, uh I, what I like about the program that you do is you're training these students on how to fly. And at some point, some of them may end up even getting jobs as pilots. I mean, do you foresee mm -hmm. that is, is part of the equation here that maybe we're helping these kids get a job in the industry? Well, absolutely. That's the primary goal because there's a huge, um, shortage of both pilots and maintenance technicians and air traffic controllers and flight crews and man aircraft management uh, tech, you know, personnel. There's a huge, huge shortage of these people all around the planet. And these jobs pay very, very well. The median salary for an airline pilot is something like $130,000 a year. The median salary for an air traffic controller is about $150,000 a year. 
And the median salary for a maintenance technician um, is somewhere around seventy to eighty thousand dollars a year. So you know when you compare that to the median salaries for a lot of the jobs in the markets that are in the industries that we currently have in Fresno, um, you see that far and away aviation careers offer huge opportunities for our for our youth. And you know it's cool to think about. If I wanted to go to Southern California and I didn't want to drive and I had a plane, mm -hmm. I mean, it's very easy for me to take my plane from Chandler airport and go to Burbank airport. Correct. I mean, it's like, it's, there's, oh, no, there's no, you don't need to like seek approval before you get in the plane. I mean, you have to obviously notify somebody in Burbank, but how, so I want the audience to understand that this is something that, Hey, if I didn't want to drive and I can fly, I would just fly, right? right? Oh, yeah. And we do. I do. <laughs> you know, I fly regularly. If I have to go to Sacramento instead of doing a three-hour drive up the 99, I can jump in our 172 and fly up there in just a little over an hour. And, yeah, you know, I, I can ask air, air traffic control to give me flight following so they can follow me on radar. Um, the aircraft's equipped with technology that sees other aircraft that are around me and allows me to avoid, you know, those aircraft. But quite frankly, the sky is a huge place. And on most flights, you never even see another airplane. <laughs> and then when you look down and you look at all the truck traffic and cars on the 99 and it's all backed up or, you know, there's an accident and everything's all backed up and you're just cruising along at 100 and 1520 miles an hour flying over the top of them you go hmm I'm glad I'm not down there <laughs> so uh, how uh, do you are you accepting students now or I know COVID kind of uh, put a wrinkle in a lot of things yeah COVID slowed us down back in 2020 um, and uh, we slowly kind of come back in 2021 um, added a few more added a couple of students we it took us a while to kind of figure out how we would safely uh, fly in these aircraft uh, with the COVID restrictions, but we found out it's it's quite doable and it's it's actually quite safe. Um, and so we are taking students now. In fact, we've been getting quite a few new students in the last few weeks uh, after the uh, recent news articles and uh, news news coverage about kind of what we're trying to do. So yeah. And so. Donations wise from the community, I mean, are you mm -hmm. set up in a manner where, you know, you could take donations or I know that the community foundation is involved, Fresno Unified is involved, but what, I mean, what are ways that the community can help you grow this program? Well, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so uh, donations can be made to us that are tax deductible, and uh, we do get, uh, we have received donations from the community. We've had people donate, uh, you know, small amounts, which are, we're happy for. Uh, we've had a few people donate larger amounts, which we're very happy for. Um, and the Central Valley Community Foundation has been amazing and awesome. Uh, we are part of the their uh, leaded or the uh, program that they're leading called Drive, which is uh, developing a regionally in inclusive, uh, vibrant economy. And uh, Next Generation Aviation Academy is the one of the 19 initiatives under Drive. Uh, they helped us uh, get a $180,000 donation recently from the Wood Next Fund, which we were very, very thankful for just before Christmas. That was an awesome Christmas present. 
And uh, so we are, uh, we are open to uh, donations. We are open to uh, speaking engagements. And, you know, we really appreciate um, all of the support that the community has shown so far. And we look forward to growing that in the future. And I love you, the scenery of where you're at. Our TV guests that are watching are going to see it. But for our radio and podcast folks, you're actually in a hangar and there's an airplane behind you. Tell right. us where you're at. Yeah, so I'm in our hangar at uh, Fresno Chandler Airport. Um, the aircraft that you see behind me is one of the Pipistrel Alpha Electros that we manage on behalf of the cities of Reedley and Mendota. It's actually uh, one of the city of Mendota's aircraft. Um, we demonstrate those aircraft to demonstrate the viability of electric propulsion in aircraft. And they're the first production electric airplanes in the world, which is really pretty cool. And um, <clears throat> so this is the hangar, which was, by the way, was built in 1948. <laughs> Chandler's a pretty historic uh, airport. It's got a lot of old hangars, which are kind of cool. And uh, this is kind of, this is where we operate from, but we also have a presence at the city of Reedley uh, airport and uh, have a small office over there. And uh, we're gonna be providing some training for students from Reedley Airport as well, just because it's more convenient for uh, some folks that maybe live in the Sanger Reedley area, instead of driving all the way over here to uh, Chandler. You know, I've always wondered, how does that work? If, I, if I'm flying and I wanna just pop into Reedley Airport, I I'm sure there mm -hmm. are fees that I have to pay or, or I, when nope. I'm coming in, do I tell people or do I tell air traffic control What's the process on something like that? Well, Reedley Airport and this air and here at Chandler both are referred to as uncontrolled airports, so they don't have a control an active control tower. Uh, Chandler used to, but it was decommissioned in 1982. Um, and what you do here is there's an established frequency that radio frequency that each airport has that are uncontrolled. And what we do is we're flying into those airports about 10 miles out. We start making an announcement, um, basically saying, you know, Chandler traffic, um, you know, Cessna, so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, I'm 10 miles to the West. I'm inbound for landing runway three zero. Okay. And then what that has done now, I've announced to everybody that's listening on that frequency, what my intentions are. Then I'll make more frequent announcements as I get closer in. And then when I finally enter the traffic pattern, I'll announce that I'm on downwind, I'm on my base leg, and I'm turning final. And then that tells everybody what you're doing and where you are. And because everybody should be listening on that radio frequency, it gives everybody the opportunity to kind of watch out for others and make sure that we're not in anybody's way. And as far as fees, there's no landing fees. It doesn't cost you anything to land or to take off. And if you park the aircraft overnight, yeah, uh, Chandler has a small fee that they charge for overnight parking. Really does the same thing. Uh, but that's, those fees are like 3 to $5. So it's, it's very, very inexpensive. It's almost, you know. It, it's like its own little world. I mean, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine years ago tell me that over the weekend, he was going to go to Madeira with his buddies. Mm -hmm. They were going to fly there have a burger and fries and fly back. And I thought that's so cool. Like it's its own little yeah. uh, adventure world. 
It is. In fact, a lot of us pilots say, well, we fly for food, you know, <laughs> and uh, airports that have restaurants are, are very popular destinations. Uh, Chandler actually has a restaurant here on the field, and it is a popular destination for people on the weekends. We have guys that fly in from, oh, Bakersfield, from um, some of them fly over from the coast. Some of them fly down from, you know, further north around Sacramento, um, We've had people pass through here, you know, going cross country, going back east and, you know, and coming this way. So, yeah, aviation does open a lot of doors and a lot of uh, opportunities because you can get places faster. And so time is not as big an issue for you. Well, and we are running out of time this week on the program, but tell our audience members how they can find out more about the cool things you're doing. Well, we have a website. It's uh, newvisionaviation.org. And um, the website needs a little updates right now, but it does give some basic information about, you know, what we're what we're doing. And um, yeah, we're we're excited about this new program and uh, we'll be providing updates through the website. Um, And we'll soon probably be end up on Facebook and, you know, Twitter and Instagram and those things. But I'm I'm too old school for that. So I got to get some of these young, I got to get some of these new young students to help us with them with that technology. And on that note, thank you so much, Mr. Oldham for listening, for joining us this week on the program. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. Sabak. Thank you to our audience members listening to this broadcast on talk radio, 1550 KXCX. And to those watching on CMAC, Fresno and Clovis, these are the Comcast 93 and AT&T 99 channels. And to those listening to us on Spotify's Anchor FM podcast, this has been San Joaquin Spotlight, and our guest has been Mr. Joseph Oldham. He is with an organization called New Vision Aviation. Tune in next week to a new edition.